Hey guys, welcome back. This is Chris Bercher and knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. This is episode 114 and the uh, working title is going to be uh, Pro-Socialism, Community and Love. I just had an epiphany uh, during a meditation session with a guy named Lou Redmond. Uh, I use a meditation app as of late called Insight Timer. It's free. There's a subscription service to it. Insight Timer. It's an app on my iPhone. And it's really good. I like it. I use the free version, and there's some guided meditations. There's some workshops. There's some things, but it exposes you to a lot of different people, and many of them amateurs who are recording meditation videos and doing different things. Anyway, I really like this guy, and I really like the one that I did today. And somehow, for whatever reason, a lot of things have come together during this meditation and, and as of this morning, and that's sort of led me to change up my plans for this episode a little bit, but I think it all makes sense in the context of the acid tests and this podcast about looking to nature and a more natural human existence to sort of explain or inform me and us about the state of human existence on planet Earth in the year 2023. All this stuff is sort of falls under that umbrella of just sort of what's going on. Um, you know, are, are things are things not right, or is it me? Are we? Is climate change going to kill us, or are we really going to be okay? Is trying to be the richest person on the block really what we're supposed to be doing, or am I just? Um, you know, resisting. Am I just rebelling against something for the sake of rebelling? Um, what's right? All of these things are sort of under this umbrella. And for some reason, I had a, a slight moment of clarity. And I just want to share that with you. And hopefully, it's not going to be too haphazard. And it might extend into two episodes. We're just going to have to see where it goes. Because there's several ideas under this title. You know, I think the the subtitle would, would if this episode, if I could make one, would be, All You Need Is Love. I mean, I'll get into that more in a minute because, you know, part of me, that just sounds so cheesy and make myself want to barf. But that's, <laughs> all you need is love is, is kind of where all of my experiences as of late keep going. Uh, but first, let me say a few things about the original inspiration of where we were in this episode. And part of that is Lou Redman uh, and his different meditations that I've done over the past few weeks. And part of it is Nate Hagen's, and I mentioned his podcast over the last several several episodes, The Great Simplification, and the brilliant and, and guests that he gets that have taught me new things and led me in new directions, and, and, also, and, and also sort of reinforced this evolving, arising, obvious sort of semi-conclusion or philosophy that I've, that I've been moving toward that I'll get to in a minute. Um, and, and one of his guests' name was David Sloan, and he has a website and a sort of a movement, if you will, a nonprofit organization that is called Pro-Socialism. And the idea is sort of, well, I, I don't really understand what the idea is, like so many things. What I get out of him, I'm inspired by, and that's what I'm getting ready to talk about. I'm not trying to paraphrase what David Sloan does or what Lou Redmond does or what Nate Hagens does. I'm telling you about them so you can go and see if you're interested. You know, I gave a talk at the uh, Unitarian Universalist Church uh, a couple weeks ago about this stuff, kind of stuff, and 
um, I was telling them that I was inspired by this book, this, this, um, you know, William Offals, I've mentioned before that I learned about on Nate Hagen's podcast. And several of the people in the audience asked me specifically, can, you know, I need to, I want to know something specific that you read that you can tell me about. So that I'll have the experience that you had while the 90% of the audience sort of got what I was saying, which was really nothing specific, but more of a generality of, I felt inspired by reading this, and I, now I'm going to say this. Do you know what I mean? It was, I feel like it was a very type A versus type B person experience. And I acknowledged that I failed to educate those people, members of the audience that needed to be educated specifically about what I had read. And I also acknowledge and appreciate the majority of the audience who I think felt inspired or validated or supported by my enthusiasm and not the specifics, you know, right? The, the forest for the trees and all that. Uh, so, so that's what I got out of David Sloan is this idea of pro-socialism, which, which made me sort of realize that socialism as a government contract or whatever we think that it is, is, is a not really what we think that it is because we paint it with these divisive brush definitions of, oh, you're a socialist, you want to be like Venezuela where everybody dies. Or uh, I'm a socialist because I think we should have universal basic income. Or whatever. It becomes this black and white thing, and we don't even know what the word means. And this is something that people are doing all over the place rampantly. And it has to do with things like the Dunning-Kruger effect, and we, we think we're smarter than we are, and we think we understand what things mean. We think we understand words, but we don't. It's like the Tower of Babel, right? we all splintered off into not only different languages, but different versions of the same language. And this idea, there's so many ideas here that are, that are congealing together that are integrating for me right now. Um, the uh, arachnoid.com um, author that I mentioned before, I can't think of his name right now, who, who, who taught me that a dictionary is a book of words, of what we think words mean, and that those evolve. And, and all of that misunderstanding leads us to have a conversation about something like socialism where you either think it sucks or you think it's the answer to all of the human's problems. And there's a few people in the middle, but it just gets further and further and further apart. And that's where we are. Further and further apart. What is gay? What is gender? What is love? What is nature? What is technology? It's like we all have our own... We all feel entitled to being able to define what these things mean for us. Live your truth... But that leaves us all speaking a different language, unable to communicate with each other. And that's not going to work. And, 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 and socialism, to me, is, a, is an excellent idea. And so what I did was I Googled, not, not again what David Sloan is talking about with pro-socialism, but some misconceptions about socialism that I experienced in the United States that from people who are anti-socialist. For some reason, many people think that socialism is equivalent to being Hitler. And I don't know. But so I looked up some common misconceptions about socialism and some things that we do in America, United States of America, that are socialist. Public infrastructure, sidewalks, roads, social security. We all pay into this big fund and when we retire, they give us money back. What's more socialist than that? Fire protection uh, services like the fire department, the, our military, public transportation, police, public parks, public schools. Uh, the United States Postal Service, uh, Medicare, and Medicaid. Those are socialist um, entities. 
in a capitalist society. So we already live in a world of multiple words that apply that we say we don't like. So how can it be both? And so I think this whole idea of using language, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I've never heard a more absurd saying, nursery rhyme, whatever, because words are the worst. And we're using words like socialism to mean what we think they mean. When I think what we really mean is, I don't like your long hair. I don't like the fact that you have a, that you're a a woman married to a woman. I don't like the fact that you're black. And so I'm going to, you know, throw whatever words on you that I can that, you know, illustrate that without actually talking about the thing that I I mean. I'm going to call you a socialist uh, or whatever, just so I can feel better about hating you. I I don't know. And it doesn't matter because, again, with the forest and the trees, the word doesn't matter. The idea that we are divided is the point that I'm trying to make today. And all of my work, if you look back on 114 episodes and a bunch of interviews, I'm pretty sure one of the themes is I feel strongly that human beings are connected, yet we live in a world where we don't feel like that and that we are very disconnected. I also feel like this is something that has evolved recently and that we used to be more connected and we aren't anymore. I also believe that many of the problems that we see that maybe have evolutionary explanations and and maybe are sort of things that happened on the path of primate human evolution uh, are evidence that something is off. Things like depression, anxiety, war, addiction, uh, income inequality, you you name it. You know, I sometimes I think if you look at a problem, especially a social problem, you can almost every time, I mean, pretty much every time, you can sort of chase that upstream far enough to, to sort of blame the fact that we simply aren't connected, whatever that means. And that's part of the epiphany that I had today is a little bit more about what that means. What does it mean to be connected? Well, uh, I can I can share with you a little bit, I think, about what that means. Um, and I think we're going to be able to do this in one episode, but we'll see. And uh, it's a little weird, uh, I have to admit. Um, I'm not a super, you know, I'm, I think I'm a hopeless romantic, but I'm also not super cheesy. I despise the, I, the, I despise the secret and the snake oily salesman of somebody telling you that they can teach you how to manifest a Porsche in your parking lot and a million dollars in your bank account. But I do also appreciate that there's a, a forest, but that's the trees and that there's a forest above that, that sort of says, okay, yeah, if you have, if you live your life with a good attitude and a positive mental attitude and sort of a, an openness to the world and dare I say it more connectivity, Positive things may be more likely to work out for you. So I get it. I get that. I think that's probably what's all in there. But it's just been so bastardized. It's like religion. I get the idea of religion. I think it's awesome. I think having a belief in something larger than ourselves is 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 not. It's probably a necessary part of being human. It's sort of like you know. I have the known, the unknown, and the unknowable. Religion to me is like sort of a a way of looking at the unknowable 
to sort of make peace with the idea that we can't know it. <laughs> and it doesn't and it's not going to make any sense. That's weird. And we don't look not comfortable with that. And so these belief systems are ways of of dealing with that. I also think they evolve as a, a religion and other um sort of esoteric ideas and concepts that get bastardized and 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 uh, are divisive came from a good place. You know, I think humans as we evolved even though we've done bad things, you know, we sort of are compelled to do good things. And we understand the difference between what good things and bad things are. And that's another reason to have rules. And I think that a big part of the problem that arose is just be, there came to be too many of us. Um, and I, I still believe in the idea that if we look at nature as to to help us understand these very, these seemingly very human things that we are part of nature and that the way that things are happening uh, between groups of humans, things like political device, uh, identity divisiveness and, and whatever uh, can, can, we can look at things that have happened in the natural system that aren't human interactions. It might be butterfly and frog, whatever, but there are, patterns underlying nature that have been selected for and the fact that we can observe them or see them or that they still exist in the world means that they're good, right? Or at least they're good. I don't know what else to say. That they've been successful and that they're situations that we should take advice from, that we can use as examples of maybe things that can influence how we interact. And so the most basic or one of the most basic tenets of this whole idea is connection. If you believe in the Big Bang, if you believe in physics, if you believe in chemistry, if you believe in biology, if you believe in most of the things that we have discovered uh, in the sciences, then you see that we are stardust. (laughs) We all came from... We all come from the same material. And if you believe in the laws of thermodynamics, that material is just sort of reorganized. And then at sort of another level of forest in the trees, if you look at our DNA, it's basically this code that allows us to go through time in a, in a, in a way that grows consistently. And so we're c- connected because we have the same sort of source material. We're connected because we... Uh, are linked necessarily by this DNA, at least in a biological sense. We're connected because we all live in the same place. We're connected because all of our energy and nutrients and materials are traded and passed around. Um, I've said it before. It's like uh, when you drink a, a Coke, you know, is it made with water that was came from dinosaur pee? You know, I mean, if you bite into a potato, you know, was that carbon on an asteroid at some point, you know, these things, that's how it works. If you, if you buy into the fundamental body of knowledge that is a human right now, 2023, if, unless you deviate completely from the body of knowledge that we've built and disagree with that and have a better explanation, I'd love to hear it. You know, the, that's sort of the, the dominant um, paradigm right now. If you believe in any of that, it's going to be hard to have an argument that supports being a selfish individual. And I don't mean selfish in a negative connotation. There's that language tower of Babel thing again. 
you know, that you're either someone who only looks out for yourself and believes that if you stock, you know, in the terms of today, if you stockpile enough money, if you try to become Kim Kardashian or Elon Musk, then you are doing a good thing. If you believe in that, I find it difficult. You are never going to be able to defend that position and change my mind. Because all of the evidence that I see suggests that, in fact, we can't live like that because it goes against all of the fundamental principles of life, matter, psychology, cosmology, everything that we know. And that is the problem. I mean, as much as I hate to say this, those people are wrong. That, and it's not individual. Nobody is wrong. There are not bad people. They are doing behaviors that are working against all that we know. There, I said it. And I'm just as guilty, I mean, in certain ways. But the problem with me is, and this is going to go into episode two, um, is I think I've found out what bothers me about all of this. And that becomes the context uh, that I really want to talk about. So just a little bit of recap before we go there. Um. I believe we are we ha- we are socialists outside the context of whatever you think that word might mean. What I mean is we are connected and we necessarily have to interact positively and that we need to want to work better when positively interacting with each other as individuals, each other as groups, the world at large with molecules, with trees, with rocks, with cars, with um, the air, those interactions are conscious, conscious. And when they're not, the shit all breaks down. And I believe that the shit we see breaking down, A, it is. We aren't doing as well. And this is the big argument I talked about before. You know, yes, we have clean water. Yes, it used to be bad. I don't believe that 5,000 years ago, humans were miserable, skinny, disease-ridden, Lepers wandering around in hopes of finding their next meal. I simply don't believe we would have existed for 300,000 years under those conditions. I don't believe it. I think it's wrong. And, and that may be the turning point for whether or not you buy into this or, or don't. We don't know. I would much rather choose that route. I would much rather believe. So I have this sort of inherent belief. And I think in the next episode, I'll get a little bit more into why I feel uh, the way I do, and then s- maybe illustrate some of the evidence, which most of KEW has been uh, an effort to do, unbeknownst to me. So, uh, and that we will benefit more from relearning how to be communities, and that and that this is all going to come from this concept of love uh, that we don't necessarily understand, and I'm going to attempt to share what I think I've learned about that. So anyway, this has been, you know, part one, episode 114, part one of a two-part series I'll call Pro-Socialism, Community, and Love, or 
love is all you need. Maybe this episode will be pro-socialism, community, and love, and the next episode I'll call love is all you need. How about that? (laughs) So thanks for listening so far. I'm excited for you to see the next episode. And, uh, you know, please share. Share this with other people. If you like it and you think somebody else might like it, let them know what I'm doing. I'd really like to to, to build a community of people, and um, I appreciate your help. So I'm Chris Bercher. This has been episode 114. I'm doing knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy.